Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening. This is Curious Muse right here on the Curious Anarchy podcast with myself, Jermaine, and my co-host, Mark. How are you, Mark? G'day, how are you? Um, pleasure to be on the forum with you again. Uh, I feel like I'm stealing. I feel like I'm, you know, the, the guy that plays football with Messi when he's growing up. Thinking I've had 20 years of playing with Messi and you're only going to get like 10, 20 years out of him. So I feel a bit like that, really. So thank you very much for opening up this forum and uh, let's crack on with the day. Let's crack on. So Curious Muse, where well, we'll be dipping into today's titillating, tantalising, informative and uh, perhaps some humorous news. Maybe. We'll see. I wanted to start, if I might, Please. with a guy called David Cox. Okay, who's David Cox? Oh, I'm glad you asked me that. If I said you were Albion Rovers, would you be any the wiser? Okay, slightly. In what way? Just, I've heard the name. What do you think it contains two? A football team? Yes, it's a, it's a, uh, I believe a second division uh, football team in the the country of Scotland, and it concerns a, a chap called David Cox, who during a game of football against a team called Stenhouse Muir, um, this is a team that many people know from Pauls years ago, the Pauls coupons. Uh, Stenhouse Muir was one of those names you kind of always. Oh, they they were they used to be in the top league, didn't they? They did used to be, but uh, you know times are hard. Um, anyway. Scottish football's not got a lot of money, and if you don't manage to maintain a certain level, I mean, even Rangers got relegated to division. So, you know, it, it's it's a very transigent scene up there. Hmm. Hmm. But so we, we come back to the point. David Cox was a uh, is is a thirty two year old footballer striker who was playing for Albion Rovers. And during the game, he simply quit at half-time. I've, I've followed football for about 170 years, and I've only ever seen that once before. A guy called Sol Campbell at Arsenal walked down the tunnel and never came back. Um, in both cases, funnily enough, very similar reasons for doing it. And this is to do with, you know, given that we're in the in the eye of a, 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 a epidemic, to do with mental health. Mm-hmm. You see, David Cox, about eight years ago, had tried to take his own life. He wasn't coping well. He was a young man. He wasn't coping well. And he tried to commit suicide. And to quote him, a footballer from Stanhouse Muir, I believe it was the captain, mm-hmm. said comments to him along the lines of, why don't you try and do it properly this time? Wow. Yeah. So he said, I had a number of choices. What I decided to do was walk off the pitch, so I became a substitute. I then spoke to the uh, linesman for the rest of the game, uh, to the rest of the half, the first half. Got no joy out of him. Tried to speak to the referee, got no joy out of him. Along the lines of, didn't see anything, so can't do nothing. And bear in mind, in, bear that in relation to the same things about racism recently. You know, this concept of not seeing it so it doesn't exist is not a very good argument. Uh, uh. 
Anyway, uh, he left the pitch, left the ground, and has subsequently left the team. Nothing against his own team, but he just doesn't, he's not happy that he was seen as a target every week. He knows for certain that other teams were told to target him by going out and making comments like that. You can get under his skin if you say this to him, sort of thing. How disgusting is that? A man's got a career that he enjoys and he can't pursue it because people have... Well, I don't know what the opposite word of kindness are. Callous, I suppose, is the word I would use. Yeah. Huge callousness. That's one of them. Um, so there's a campaign going on to support this chap through his, through his battles against the culture of football. You know, much like in the past has been done around the areas of racism, around the areas of homophobia. Because a lot of young men, especially young men who, who have problems, often turn to dark sides to solve their problems. And, and it's not acceptable that this is used as a as a tool against them. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So first of all, I thought that, and immediately I thought, where is the kindness in our society? You know, we, we, we live a very brutal, you know, don't be a snowflake, all this kind of nonsense that people talk. Because all the people that Things like that. I've known many of them, and they have their, their moments when things aren't well. And during those times, they wouldn't want people to say that kind of stuff to them. Where are they coming off, coming like this? Or the alternative is young people like the footballer who probably said it to him, who haven't been there, don't know anything about it, and think it's funny or a weapon to be used against someone. Like, you want to hurt someone that much, really? Mm. You'd encourage them to take their own life. Mm. Imagine how you felt if that actually happened. Imagine I was... The, Stan has a player who said that, and he had killed himself. How would I feel then? Well, it's all right, it wasn't my fault. Well, kind of, yes, it was, really. And then, following on that, another story, which was about a woman who was followed around town as she tried to get her wheelchair up and down the high street. And how many obstacles there were in her way. Like, for example, people who have coffee outside and just leaving the chairs in the middle of the road. Right, yeah. And it was like... documented it, did she? Yeah, yeah. And battle. And I heard her on the radio and there were other people phoning up saying, like, my daughter's in a wheelchair. It's disgusting how intolerant people are. And she said, you know what? I don't even say that. I'm glad people are going out for coffees. I love all that. I just wish they'd think about other people, not just themselves. And I thought, where is that in our society? Wow. What happened to that? <laughs> thinking about someone else. Tell me about it. You know, I, I find it really... <laughs> strange sometimes because people talk about this that and the other and our society's this way and that way yeah, yeah. and then i kind of think to myself who do you actually talk to who are you around like what are you seeing on social media who are you following like i, I mean you know the other the other thing every now and then that goes viral of course you know is inevitably going to cross your your timeline but I, I just can't find it within me to feel that I need to go and seek these people out. I'm aware of them, by all means, but you know, it's it's mental health. Like this month, in fact, I wanted to open up with the, uh, this month being mental health awareness month. Um, but yeah, you, you kind of led right into that with the first, first one. Um, my son is also here, Shiloh. Shiloh. Hey Shiloh. Hey, hello. Like to say hello. 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 Hello.
period anarchy <laughs> so yeah so we've got um i've set up a uh, an instagram for shiloh shiloh's eyes s-h-i-l-o-h-s-e-y-e-s shiloh's eyes follow him um he'll be updating his bits and pieces online in good time um yeah, so back to back to mental health. Um, well, you know what the thing was protecting the bubble. Yeah, you know you talk, you call it mental health, but I'm thinking it's about tolerance and kindness and and a sense of right or wrong. We've we've banged on about this for a couple of weeks now. I think it's to me two stories today have kind of highlighted that for me in direct contrast to these two stories. Mm. So it's like literally contradictory ways that things have gone on in society. So I wanted to compare and contrast those two stories I've just told you with two ones I'm going to talk about now. Go on. Which to me sum up where we're educating our people wrong. Mm. May I do that? Interesting. Uh, I'm I'm going to start with a trial that fell apart yesterday where two soldiers who had been accused of murdering as in assassinating them, in the line of duty a, 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 a leader of the Republican IRA so we get the question is if you're in a uniform is part of your duty to assassinate so say for example I was in the for the British Army and we're fighting China and I see a Chinese man in the restaurant can I just pull my gun and shoot him if he's, even if he's not attacking me is that acceptable behaviour? I wonder what their uh, their terms and conditions are I know there's some really scary extremely traumatic stuff that takes so place we, we know that with Northern Ireland it's the kind of blind spot of the British people. So, for example, hatred towards the Republican community is enormous and always has been. So it's like, in a way, British people see it as fair game, which is ridiculous. You know, look at the struggle they've been through in 800 years in Ireland. It's just insane. But, but, but my issue isn't even with these soldiers. My issue is with the move of the government at the moment to stop prosecutions of soldiers who have done this. In other words, it's a green light that you can do it kind of thing now because there's no one actually going to follow up on it. And I find that really scary. You know, we're already having situations where people are being murdered by people in uniform without recourse. We don't need more legislation to make that happen. And you can kind of begin to see the mentality of someone say to someone, well, go and kill yourself. If our society is saying, as a society, it's okay for you to kill someone if you feel in your uniform you can do that. And the second story is the man who killed Floyd is now asking for a retrial on the grounds that he thought he didn't get a fair trial. And no, he's what, wrap right? Sorry, carry on, carry on. No, I was just going to say he's going to wrap it up in legal tape for the next 10 years. You know, so it could go all the way to the Supreme Court, which is, which is like in, ridiculous that it's been seen on film, found guilty, and that's not the end of it. 
What we're saying is really the justice doesn't work for everyone. It works for certain people. The family of that man in the Republican IRA who's, who had a man assassinated can expect no justice. But this guy can keep plotting and plotting so that he could potentially not go to prison for the next 10 years or be in prison but not stay there, if you know what I mean. Yeah. I, I find that abhorrent. I mean, I don't understand. I mean, people who, who claim to be Christians and Muslims and Jews and Hindus who abandon their morality on, on, a, on a political level. It's ridiculous. You know, I've seen one of the, one of the things that, that strikes me about this um, this case, um, the, the wording around it, is yeah. sim- like, I just thought, yeah, this is exactly what they're going to try and do because we've seen it happen before. Just because there's been a, a videotape that's been leaked, it's apparently compromised the integrity of the investigation or the, you know, the public opinion and the whole kind of thing of, you know, people can't, you can't get away from it. So it's not a fair trial. Like, how do you excuse that? Jen, as much as I agree with you, we're not talking... It doesn't make any sense at all. No, but whereas I agree with you, we're not talking about a leaked tape. We're talking about someone filming nine, ten minutes of someone actually being uh, killed on on tape. This isn't some ambiguous, like, could have been badly shot, there's bad light. This is in broad daylight in the streets. Now, you know, I used to watch things of things happening around the world where in, le- in so-called so-called less civilized countries that sort of thing would happen and people here would go oh that's disgusting how can they how can that be allowed to happen in broad daylight people can... and here we have an example and what is the response of the state full steam ahead in both cases we will protect our, our service serving officers regardless of what they do that is not acceptable because you just tell very me dangerous. Tell me the thin line between that and what happened in Nazi Germany. You know, in terms of following yeah. order, you it's, know, doing what you want. It's in the same thing. And you've got. I, I just need someone else to. I need someone to talk to you about it because I wasn't clear. Because I'm in my head, that's the same thing. But I needed someone else to be saying, actually, yeah, that is the same thing. But you know what? If you're in the army, that's what you sign up for. No, that that that's exactly the point. Because there were soldiers speaking today who said that's mm-hmm. not what you sign up. for. Absolutely not. It breaks the code of ethics of soldiers. What you have to understand this is, is the culture that of, lives within the army. But there's two types of cultures, and that's the whole thing. There's the bullying culture, and there's the representing your country culture. They're not the same thing. We have to be it's really brilliant clear. that you've just made the distinction between those because that's a really important point to take and to because apply is, for all, all things. Because there are so soldiers and police officers. Who cannot abide what's happened to these two in these two cases? They they feel it's a huge stain on them as people that have observed their role properly. That these people are, are seen in the same light. You know when some people say, "Oh, you're not all police officers are not all the same," but in yeah. a case like this, it's becoming well. Unless you stand up, yes, they are. So you need to tell us what side of the road you're on, on this one. Like you know, for example, the the chief police officer who stood against shaving in the trial you know people like that they're standing up and putting their for want of a better term money where their mouth is you know so they are representing what i consider to be the proper police force but there are people defending this just on the blind and so most of them aren't even soldiers or policemen on the blind faith of saying 
uh, I can't attack the police or you know whatever they do is justified that's not acceptable that's not acceptable because one day it'll be your family and then what you're going to say That's now, the question. Jermaine, I hope our listeners uh, out there will be uh, considering that. But you remember, Jermaine, I started this by talking about kindness. Uh-huh. And what I'm trying to say to you, I'm trying to show you a contrast between people being kind, and I know lots of people being kind, who are going above and beyond to help other people through terrible times. And then you've got examples like this. So we have a, we have a schizophrenic society. We have a society that's schizophrenic. On the one hand, if you said there's people sleeping in the streets, they'll make soup kitchens and they'll provide food banks for them. But on the other hand, if they start talking too loudly, they could be assassinated and people will applaud the assassin rather than saying that you were meant to be a peacekeeper. Your job was to stop wars, not create wars. Your job was to stop crime, not to create crime. But some people will support them just because they don't know what else they're meant to do. They've always supported the police and the army and they're going to carry on. You've got to have rules, you've got to have morals. Every single society, when it comes down to it, will, will, will bulk at that very thing. You have to have a morality around those things, otherwise they don't work. You know what's really interesting, actually? When I think about it, how can you have a morality in the army, a sense of morality? Oh, well, that's a, that's like, a great how, question. How do you value you know, That's morality? a great question. That is, a, that is a million dollar pound question, and it's a great question. And the answer is quite simple, really. You just don't. If you have rules that are there to protect your nation, then you're doing the finest piece of work any human being can do. Because, okay, I'm not in favor of nation states, but I'm in favor, but I am in favor of protecting people, like families and children and old people and what like that. And if the army's doing that, that's, a, that's exactly what they set up to do. But we have to be clear. There's a difference between being in armed conflict with another soldier who's on the other side of that fence to shooting a child that's throwing a stone at you. There's a huge difference. Are we really saying that stone's going to kill you? Like, for example, in Myanmar at the moment, you know, the people are rising up against the army. And the army will say, yeah, but they're armed and selected. They're armed in direction, they're throwing, they're throwing stones. Now that's not, <laughs> that's not exception to shoot them. That's unequal forces. You know, we define bullying as an unequal force. You know, if, you, if you're bigger, stronger than someone else, and you're using your extra to defeat them rather than your logic and your sense of purpose, that's what we call bullying. If you can shoot someone and have no consequence, but they can't shoot you and have no consequence, that's not the same thing, is it? Imagine Derek Shaven had been shot rather than killing someone. We wouldn't have heard the end of it. There'd be a madness going on until they call the person, and that person would go through every trial and go straight to prison for life. Oh, no for doubt. Sure. No doubt. And if an IRA member had shot a British soldier sitting in a cafe, we wouldn't, the press would be there for years bleeding about it. Amazing, amazing. How double standards can we have? I'm just seeing yes. right now, today is actually Karl Marx's birthday. Oh, okay. How old is he? Uh, he was born in 1818, May 5th, 1818. 
1818? The Communist Manifesto and Revolutionary Thinker Karl Marx. Wow. Co author of. Brilliant. He's about 218 years old then. Is that right? right? Something like that, yeah. I mean, it's interesting That's how. A long time got... ago. It's amazing how far we've come from him. And he, he was born in the transition of what we call the Enlightenment. So yeah. when society was meant to get more. Enlightened. You know, like, <laughs> well, not just that, but also more educated. So the idea was we learn yeah. more about everything science, arts, everything. So in, in that day and age, people could tell you about artists, they could tell you about inventions. You know, they were generally more interested in being knowledgeable. They knew history. Now, today, if I put most people on Mastermind, what do you think their chosen subject would be, Jamal? So if you put more. Most people on Mastermind? Right, yeah. What would their chosen subject be? I have no idea. I don't know most people. However, no, no, okay. Sorry, if I'm, we look I'm, at popular I'm... trends, then we can say maybe Hollyoaks or EastEnders, soap operas, that kind of thing. Well, um, I was thinking I was thinking the same lines as you. General thinking, knowledge. No, I was thinking the Kardashians. Yeah. <laughs> that kind but of what thing. I mean is, now you have a general knowledge section after you've had your specialist subject. So the general knowledge is open to everyone, but what I'm saying is for your chosen chapter, so say you chose, for example, um, Chinese culture in the meat industry. You know, that's for people who have studied. For most people, if you had a chosen subject, it would probably be soaps, Google Box, or, or Kardashians. In the days of the Enlightenment, people wanted to learn more about this society. They wanted to understand science. You know, you had the evolution, the whole thing of evolution and the Darwin and everything. You had, mm. you had Freud, you had all these things. This is all the Enlightenment. And we're living in the anti-Enlightenment. So that's a day. If you said to people that the Earth's round, you still find people saying, no, it's not. Not because they generally believe one or the other. They just want an argument with you. I think that's such a fascinating arg debate, that, that argument. Is it flat or round? Or is it something else? Well, just just think, listening to people and seeing how they reason things is, is just fascinating. Yeah, well, I think what, where, where, we're, where we're highlighting here is the lack of pursuing it through science. Like, I'm saying that in those days, people studied science and went as far as they could to understand these things. Now, this is anti-science. So there is not a... There is not global warming. Why isn't there? Because uh, my icebox still works in my freezer. That's got nothing to do with science. I think a lot of it comes down to like protection of identity. No, 100%. But why did the people in Marx's day not have the same sense of identity? Mm. Why were they happy to explore it, literature, arts, science, history, geography? Why were they happy? Yeah, they were sailing around the world. Why, why, or they, they tried new products that came from around the world. Why were they not going, oh no, I just want fish and chips? No, why were they Why were they more open to ideas in those days? Why was it called the Enlightenment? This, if that's the Enlightenment, this must be the Endarkenment. <laughs> Maybe we can patent that as our first, we're the first people to call it this. But it, <laughs> the must be the anti. it must be the Endarkenment because we're looking at the absolute opposite now. What we're looking at is... How can we narrow down, destroy any scientific or logical argument? How can we do that? That's what we're looking at now. 
And I'm putting it to you that in those days, it was the complete opposite. What Marx wrote, you know, the Communist Manifesto and the... Hell, he was invited to write it by the international workers who were looking for the first time in the have bodies that represented themselves. So they, it's like, I don't know, it's like turning to Stephen Hawkins and asking him to write, if he was still alive, I apologise, but if he was still alive, asking him to write a manifesto for how to go forward in science. You look to one of the greatest minds of your time, how can we best do this? And to quote Marx himself, previous societies that had only looked at how society worked, we were now in a situation to look at how society could actually be changed, how it could be developed and advanced. He genuinely saw through enlightenment that we could go to higher places. And what we're doing today is battling against regressive, narrow-minded bigots. So it's as if, rather than going down that path of enlightenment, we're more interested in, in defining different definitions of fascism. And as soon as you say things like this, you're accused of being a snowflake. Mm, mm. So the, uh, the argument against having any of these discussions is, as soon as you bring them up, you're, you're weak. And then we go back to being suicidal. Not only are you weak, you might actually try and kill yourself. How, how wussy is that? What kind of society are we living in? Who was it who once said that if, if, if might is right, then right is wrong? But that's what we're talking about now. It's a dreadful, dreadful place to be. We've watched through the 60s and 70s, the, even a new, a modern enlightenment get squashed completely. Everything that people like Martin Luther King, Jeff Kennedy, all the people, all these people have pushed for progressive ideas, absolutely turned on its head now. And the worst thing of all is the intellectual people of the planet can't talk because they're being they're silenced by brutality. Because the arguments aren't there with depth and knowledge, they're there with threats and ignorance. So my quick five minute pod that's turned into half an hour was meant to be about where is the kindness and where is the love today? Excellent. And on that note, you can drop us a line on uh, at underscore Curious Anarchy on Twitter and on Instagram. Please give Shiloh a follow on Instagram. Yeah, Shiloh's on. eyes. S-H-I-L-O-H-S-E-Y-E-S. Um, follow him for more updates and everything about the, uh, the walk cycle across Africa and everything up to you and in between and after. Um, please bear with us. We have uh, a few new episodes coming out this week. We have... Um, ooh, really exciting. We, we have uh, a wonderful interview. Well, in fact, a two-part interview yeah. with a, a fashion designer. And um, also, uh, we have the Love Triangle coming out. Oh, yes. It's Friday also. Uh, this ooh. one is... <laughs> this one is between... Usain Bolt, Jesse Owens, Haile Gabri Selassie, Mo Farah, and Kathy Freeman. Ooh. Oh, Ooh. that's next week, sorry. 
my apologies but we have more curious news coming to you we also have more tlwta the long walk to awakening coming we've got plenty of updates that we need to disseminate with you guys bear with us follow like share download all of that good stuff send us some love appreciate it thank you come to a positive place find yourself under the sunshine don't go to the clouds and the dark side may the fourth be with you may the fifth be with you (laughs) (laughs) happy birthday carl happy birthday carl marx good morning (laughs) good afternoon good evening and good night